0: What are the top five financial mistakes that doctors and dentists can make and how can you avoid making them? That is the topic of today's podcast and this is a great high level summary if you're just looking for some guidance on how you can improve your financial plan. We also talk about transparency within the financial advice industry and we also talk about a negative review that an advisor got on Medics Money. So hope this is useful for you. We also mentioned that our podcast audience is growing massively at the moment, and that is because people like you are sharing it with their friends, you're talking about it with your friends and finding it so useful. We love getting your feedback, we love answering your questions, and we're so, so grateful for your support. The Medics Money podcast helps doctors, dentists, and other professionals make better financial decisions. Hosted by myself, Dr. Tommy Perkins, a GP, And by me, Dr. Ed Cantalow, a GP, but also a Chartered Accountant and Chartered Tax Advisor. This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute any form of advice and tax allowances and rates are subject to change. So on today's podcast, it is my pleasure to welcome back a veteran of the podcast, Guy Roper, because Guy, you were on some of the really early podcasts where we had hardly any listeners and we haven't done a podcast for a while. So I'm really excited for today.
1: It's brilliant to be back, Tommy. Thank you for having me. And yes, is it 30,000 listeners you have now?
0: No, it's like 260,000 downloads. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah, we're so grateful for the support of the profession, like you know, if you listeners don't find it useful and don't tell your colleagues about it, it would just be me and Guy chatting like it was for the first few episodes. (laughs) But things have moved on. So you've done some great episodes on ESG, on sort of the basics of financial planning, but we're going to talk about something different today. But before we do that, do you want to just give yourself the intro? Because some people might not be aware of you because we've had lots of new listeners join recently, which was amazing.
1: Absolutely, yes. So I am the owner of Sunrise IFA. Sunrise IFA is a business set up to provide advice largely to medical professionals. So 90% of our clients are the doctors of one form or other. And yes, I've been advising doctors for many years now, but created my own business a few years ago because I wanted to give the very best independent advice to my clients, to charge them fairly and to be in control of how advice should be given. And yeah, Sunrise IFA, as I say, is completely independent. I'm a chartered financial planner and a fellow of the Personal Finance Society and basically What that means is that's the highest level of qualification that an advisor can achieve. So hopefully, as I will demonstrate over the next 30, 40 minutes or so, I I know what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, because it's an interesting topic that you've chosen today. So tell Mm. us why you've chosen it and then let's just get straight in there
1: okay so the topic today is the top five financial mistakes that i see doctors making and how to avoid them so i've reflected on the meetings that i've had over the course of the last few years and thought about how to help doctors to just structure things better to avoid pitfalls and yeah hopefully get better outcomes
0: definitely i think learning from your mistakes is always great but if you can learn from someone else's mistakes with guy telling us what they are and how to avoid them crucially that'd be brilliant So, number five.
1: Okay, so coming in at number five then, number five mistake is skipping important steps in their financial plan. So... A financial plan should be built on firm foundations. And if you miss bits, then your plan can fall down. And when I'm in meeting with doctors, I will talk to them about what their plan is. And I will sometimes draw a representation of what a financial plan should look like. If you can picture it, it looks a little bit like an income pyramid. So layers on top of each other with step sides. And the first layer is income exceeding expenditure. So that's a really simple thing to say, but it's absolutely essential. There's no point in doing any planning until you can tick that box. So income exceeding expenditure means understanding your income. It's about being tax efficient. It's about claiming reliefs and getting the right tax code and all the things that Ed talks about so well on the podcast. And it's also about expenditure. So it's about understanding what you're spending money on. It's about cutting out waste. And and Tommy, this applies to everyone. So no matter how wealthy you are, you can only spend each pound once. And therefore, understanding what you're spending money on is an essential step to building a financial plan. The second layer is paying off bad debts and building a suitable emergency fund. So bad debt is something that you've spoken about quite a bit on the podcast. It's different from good debt. Good debt is things like mortgages, it's low interest rates, debt secured against an asset. Bad debt is credit cards, it's personal loans, it's things that are costing you a high rate of interest that are a risk to you. So paying off bad debts, building a suitable emergency fund, that's an essential next step. And then the third layer is to consider risks, to put in place appropriate protection for yourself, for your family, for your loved ones. Emphasis on appropriate there. So you cannot cover every risk that exists in life but you can identify the important ones the ones that financially would be really significant to you and you can cover them and you should do and we'll talk more about that shortly but those are essential steps in building a financial plan once you've done that then you can start to look at investments and you know the next layers are investment at different levels of sophistication and risk appetite and higher level tax planning and all those exciting things but sometimes I sit down with doctors who are trying to do those things before they've put the basics in place. And if you do that, then your financial plan is at risk itself because if you're in a situation where you don't have an emergency fund and an emergency presents itself and you're trying to sell down your high-risk investments to meet that emergency, then you're going to be in a pretty bad place. So it's really important to do things in a proper structured way. Now, obviously, an advisor can help you with this. This is the sort of thing that I help my clients with, but I would also say that the Medic's Money ebook is a really good kind of source of reference for this. The Medic's Money ebook talks through the steps that doctors should take in building a financial plan. So it's as good a resource as any to to putting in place those first steps.
0: Yeah, I'm really glad you started with this because obviously we like to talk about complex stuff on the podcast. But honestly, if you just do this one step right here, so spend less than you earn, repay bad debt, you know, get protection where appropriate, we're going to get into that. And then with that free cash flow, maybe think about investing. That is it. That is literally pretty much all you need to do at a really simplistic level. And if you just do the basics well, you'll do really well. But yeah, that was a great tip. Basically, spend less than you earn, pay off bad debt, think about investing, protect your assets, done.
1: Yeah, and it's not difficult. But as you say, it gives you the foundation to go on to do the more interesting, exciting, complicated stuff. And as I say, it does apply to everyone.
0: Yeah. Whatever your income level, as you say, you can only spend that pound once. I like that. Okay. So number four.
1: Okay. So step four, then the fourth biggest mistake that I see doctors making is working with a restricted financial advisor. Now, I know this is something you're passionate about, Tommy. There are effectively two types of financial advisor out there. There are independent advisors and there are restricted advisors. Sunrise IFA, as I said earlier, is completely independent. So that means we have no ties to any products or solutions. I can recommend whatever my clients need. I can source solutions from anywhere in the market. And that means that I have a complete toolbox when it comes to advising doctors. But there are some advisors, including some that specialize in advice for doctors, who are restricted. And a restricted advisor has a restricted toolbox. They have restrictions in what they can and can't recommend. And often it's quite a limited range. So the advisor themselves may be capable, diligent, trustworthy, but I mean, I guess the question to ask yourself is, how good a doctor would you be if you could only prescribe medication from one pharmaceutical company? How would you feel about being restricted in what you could prescribe to your patients because you could only choose from one company rather than the other companies that you might know are better for some things? And that fundamentally is the dynamic happening with restricted advisors. And therefore, the advice that you receive from a restricted advisor has good potential to be less good because... They are restricted in what they can and can't
0: recommend. Yeah, it shouldn't be. But this is a controversial area because, you know, in my opinion, independent advice is the gold standard for exactly the reasons that Guy just mentioned. You know, Guy as an independent financial advisor and all the other advisors on Medix Money are independent can get a product or service from the whole market. So I think that is crucial. I like that analogy of just being able to prescribe one company's medication. You know, if that one company has the right product for you, then you might be okay. But if they don't, they're going to have to try to improvise or, you know, give you something which they know is not perfect for you, but they are restricted in what they can offer you. So I like that analogy it's one of the reasons that we set up Medics Money. transparency and open discussion of this is really important. And for some reason on their website, the restricted advisors don't often mention it. They just skirt around the issue. So I don't know why they don't put it on the front page of their website. If it's not a problem, maybe draw your own conclusions. Maybe we should move on because we do get some emails oh. about this.
1: Well, before we move on, there's one other thing I wanted to say, which is that restricted advisors are also restricted in terms of how they charge for advice. And this links into what we were talking about in respect of of suitable protection. So it's really important that doctors put in place suitable, appropriate protection for the risks that they face. You know, The the one kind of close to universal need for doctors is protection for their income, because as a doctor, your income, it drives everything that you want for your life, effectively. It is your aspirations, your goals, your ability to work and earn as a doctor is everything. So, having income protection is, you know, as I say, close to a universal need. When doctors buy insurance, income protection, or other sorts of insurance, often they don't pay for advice directly. Instead, their advisor receives a commission for for setting up the recommended policy. As a rule of thumb, about twenty five percent of the premium that they pay for insurance is covering the cost of commission. Or to put it another way, if they paid a fee for advice, then the cover that they're buying would be twenty five percent cheaper, forever. And given the doctors will often have cover in place for many, many years, that means that paying that extra commission loading on the premium makes it really expensive. Now, Restricted advisors often have no alternative, but at Sunrise, as independent advisors, we will always give doctors the option to pay for advice either via a fee or via commission, and there could be good reasons to go for either or depending on circumstances, needs, etc. But we will always set out the pros and cons of both options so that doctors make an informed decision. That works for us commercially, we think it's fair, and it can save our clients thousands over the long term. So if no other reason, then that is a good reason to work with a good independent advisor and to understand the options.
0: And I think big part of what we do at Medics Money is increasing transparency. You know, when we perform a procedure on our patients, we consent them. That means we tell them the pros of doing it, we tell them the cons of it, and we tell them the other alternative options for them. And it's all transparency. And I think certain elements of the financial advice would do well to follow that model. That's what we follow on Medics Money. Guy publishes an indication of all of his fees. You can read all of his reviews online. And we're going to talk about that a bit later. So transparency is important. We need to talk about this. And yeah, I think that's useful. And as you say, yeah, commission can work for some people, And yeah, I think it's great to have that flexibility, which being independent and in control of your own destiny affords you. Definitely
1: not saying that commission is bad and fees are good. Both can work in different situations, but it's really important to understand both, not just to have one option given to you. And that's it. Make sure your advisor makes you aware of all the options.
0: Yeah. My LinkedIn inbox is going to be full of restricted advisors now (laughs) trying to persuade me that I'm wrong. You know, one part of the reason we set up medics money was for exactly this we believe in independent advice if we would just accept restricted advisors at medics money my life would be a lot easier but it's not about doing what's easy it's about doing what's right so that's why you will only find expert independent financial advisors on medics money and any problems with that just email guy Roper, not me (laughs) thank you sonny So
1: in at number three, then the number three mistake I see doctors making is not reviewing things. So you've built a financial plan. It's a structured plan. It's on good foundations. But then inevitably, life will change. And when things change, sometimes your plan should change as well. I meet many doctors who have perhaps received advice or made decisions or even bought products some time ago. And then not really looked at things since. You know, I'll quite often sit down with doctors in a meeting and they'll kind of apologetically show me something from 20 years ago and say, Oh, is this right? Is this any good? You know, what have I been paying for for the last 20 years? And of course, the longer things go unreviewed, the less suitable they might become. And ultimately, that might mean that doctors are wasting their money. And as we spoke about right at the start, wasting your money is a really bad idea. You know, financial efficiency is the whole point of financial planning. So yeah, so reviewing what you have is really important. Now Working with an advisor solves this problem, or at least it should do, and that therefore is the solution to the problem. But I know that not all doctors work with an advisor, and with, was it 230,000? However many downloads it was, that's enormous. So with all those doctors listening to the podcast, with the best will in the world, Sunrise IFA can't help all of you. So I thought it might be useful to explain what a review should include and how to go about it. So a review with a good, independent medical specialist advisor should consider the following things. It should consider changes to your circumstances. So your income, your expenditure, your family commitments, your living costs, your plans, your objectives, your short, medium, long-term goals, all the things that are kind of important and relevant to your life. They should consider your cash position. So are your financial foundations still sound? Do you still have an emergency fund in place? Do you have the right amount of cash? So not too little, but also not too much. They should consider your tax position, your options for efficiency. Remember that tax changes every year. By definition, the chancellor issues his budget makes changes to the tax bands and rates and such like so tax is something that is going to change every year so you should be thinking about it every year you should be thinking about what the changes will mean to you what options you should use to mitigate tax the nhs pension scheme yeah that's we, we couldn't go a whole podcast without mentioning that tommy the nhs pension scheme is something that may need to be reviewed from time to time you should certainly look at your record each year so is your record correct Have the right pensionable earnings been allocated? What's your position against the allowances? Have there been any rule changes? Have there been any changes that are going to affect the provision that you have within the scheme? Are there any deadlines? There's always something going on with NHS pensions. So keeping on top of that is really important as well. And then, of course, if you have investments, how have they performed and why? What has changed? Does anything need to change? I guess overall, are you on track to meet your objectives and then as a result of the review, you should determine what actions you should take or in some cases not take. So knowing when not to do anything is as important as knowing when something needs to be done, I think. And taking the wrong action can be as damaging as not taking the right one. So a good advisor will formalize that process for you. They'll do the hard work. They'll have a much better idea of what needs to be considered. But if you don't work with an advisor, there's no reason why you can't put time in your own diary to review your own finances. And I don't think doctors do that, but I think they should. I think that if you put, you know, one or two dates in your diary per year to just sit down and go over everything and look at your finances and if you need some help then finding an advisor via medics money can help you to do it better
0: yeah i think you just as you say you've got to do it. and we're super busy as doctors so i get why people don't have time but if you can just review your plan every year you're going to be in a great place and you know me and joe as you might have listened we did a podcast i did today, yes So we do ours together and it's not the most exciting. Of course, we have an advisor and that's very helpful. But we still do it ourselves as well, even though we have advisors. And yeah, we just set aside once a year, usually around self-assessment filing time, which of course is definitely not January the 30th and is you know well in advance of that. But yeah, just get a review. And also, I think you were saying at the start as well, you know, if you took out some kind of insurance when you were an F2 and you had no kids and no mortgage and you were young, free and single, if you still got those same insurances in place when you're a consultant with a massive mortgage and several children and your situation has changed dramatically. So you should think about reviewing your situation definitely at those big points. So when you become a consultant or GP or whatever, so yep, good advice. And
1: that links into number two, Tommy, because number two, the second biggest mistake I see doctors making is not thinking about the bigger picture. So just focusing on the day-to-day and not taking a step back and understand why that comes about I think so I know that certainly in the early years being a doctor is in some ways like being on a treadmill you know even before becoming a doctor through later education needing top grades and then your foundation years and I understand it's characterized as very long hours constant learning constant pressure constant stress and not much time to think about life what it all means I think the mistake is when that persists in mid to late career. So at some point, I think you need to take a step back. and You need to ask yourself, what do I want from life? For myself, for my partner, for my family, for my objectives? What lifestyle do I want? Where do I want to live? How do I want to spend my money? And more importantly, how do I want to spend my time? What's really important to me? As an advisor, it's really difficult to advise doctors who don't have a clear idea of those things because how do you plan without a goal, without a big picture, without knowing what it's all for? I think doctors that spend their time exclusively on the treadmill of working, earning, spending, you know, trying to save without a real plan, it makes it much more likely that you might fall into the trap of doing the wrong things. As an aside, I once met a doctor who was working, I would say unusually hard, lots of additional hours in you know over and above his normal rota. He was traveling really long distances for work. He was spending lots of time away from his young family. And he was investing the extra money that he earned in extremely high-risk investments, which, as far as I could tell, were just losing money hand over fist. Needless to say, that is not a good strategy. That is not someone who has taken a step back and thought about what he wants his life to look like. And I think, therefore, it's crucial to think about those things and, yeah, to use that when you're building your strategy, because your goals for life should drive your financial plan, not the other way around.
0: And then finally, number one.
1: Number one. Okay. So the number one mistake that I see doctors making is, there should be a drum roll here, Tommy, trying to make decisions in a panic. Often, although not always, caused by leaving things till the last minute. So I imagine there's a few doctors listening who can possibly relate to this. But yes, trying to make panicky decisions, trying to think, my goodness, what should I do now is the number one problem. And I think This might be partly because it's at the forefront of my mind at the moment. So there was a big NHS pensions deadline at the end of March. For some doctors, it was really important. And I had quite a few panicky emails from doctors in the run-up. Often they've been referred by colleagues who were already clients of ours. And so they wanted to know what they should do, what this deadline meant to them. Now... I know doctors are busy, I forgive you, but it's really hard to help a new client correctly and effectively to a tight deadline. And I was thinking while I was engaged with the work and kind of sorting everything out that for Sunrise IFA's existing clients, anything that needed to be done was done months ago in plenty of time for the deadline. So we did manage to get everything done for those doctors that contacted us, but there's a big risk in that situation that things can slip, that things that could easily have been done beforehand couldn't be done. Another example is. So we're recording this in late April 2022. So investment markets have been under pressure recently. Some values have fallen and that can cause worry. And I know that it is a concern for people when you've put in place an investment and then you see its value falling. But if you have the right plan, then there's no reason to worry. In fact, if you have the right plan, then market falls can even present an opportunity because when markets fall and you're investing regularly or even ad hoc, then that means that you can buy into the markets at a better price. And over the long term, that will deliver enhanced results. So it can be an opportunity, but you need the right structure in place. You need to have thought about things, you know, plenty in advance.
0: Yeah. Can I go on a bit of a tangent here? because you know we are all into transparency and we've Mm -hmm. talked about that a bit before you offer guide prices on your listing on medics money so i'm looking Mm -hmm. at your medics money listing here and it says that you have 18 five-star reviews and all of these reviews are verified by medics money's unique software by GMC number, because the big problem with online reviews is fake reviews. So I'm confident in the legitimacy of these reviews, 18 five star, and then a two star review. Can we talk about this?
1: Absolutely, yes. I mean, that was a function of what happened in the markets recently. So when Sunrise IFA gives investment advice, then we talk about the term of investment. So it is rarely the right thing for doctors to invest for the very short term. You know, investing for a couple of years is a fool's errand because markets can move up and down. And if you're investing with the money needed back in the short term, then it it makes it more likely you could get back less than you invest. So investment should be a medium to long term goal. And it should be put in place with that in mind the two-star reviews with concerns over the recent performance of investments which of course you know, with Russia invading Ukraine with other kind of geopolitical aspects investments have struggled a little bit so I was disappointed to receive the review but I was really pleased that it was an opportunity to remind people that having the right investment strategy in place and then holding the course when investments don't work out in your favor is a really important part of the process you know, we, we don't Invest with an expectation that things are always going to go up. We recognize that sometimes things will fall in value. And actually, with the right financial plan in place, with the right emergency fund so that your investments aren't needed in the short term, with the right kind of income and expenditure, with the right commitment to regular saving that's affordable, that's sustainable, market falls don't matter as much as they could do. So yeah, it was disappointing, but it's a really good learning opportunity for us as a business and I think perhaps for doctors generally.
0: And I know that you've reflected on this a lot and I'll put the link to your profile on next Money so you can read the response to it. But it kind of highlights the benefit of ongoing advice. Do you want to talk about that?
1: Yeah. So as I said earlier, when things change, sometimes the plan needs to change. Sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes a part of review process means knowing when not to do something as well as when to do something. So... Ongoing advice and review means looking at how situations have changed and whether something needs to be done. So if an investment has fallen in value, then an ongoing review would look at whether the investment is still suitable, whether it still matches the client's attitude to risk, whether the investment is still affordable, whether it's still on target to meet the overall objectives. And actually, recent markets fall have not generally changed those answers. So generally, for clients who are making regular investments into a long-term savings vehicle, Actually, the recent market falls have not been as significant as they might look on paper.
0: Definitely. And I think stock market volatility is the price that investors pay for stock market returns. And Mm. investing is a long term game because in the short term, stock markets are volatile, but You know, historically, not giving financial advice, but if you were to invest in, you know, for example, an index tracker of the S&P and you zoom out on that chart, the chart is going up and to the right. But if you zoom in on a month by month or week by week basis, there's some big falls in there. And, you know, when I've been investing for a long time and when you've earned that money, hard earned money, and then you see the value of it going down, it is a cause of panic. And I think this is where advisors like Guy earn their money because if you panic and do the wrong thing when the stock market is down you know that can result in big losses and often refer to the vanguard's advisor alpha study it's a 64 page pdf and it basically vanguard tried to quantify the value of an advisor and the conclusions basically were that people like Guy are not trading stocks and shares for you. He's not on the stock market. He doesn't know what the price of Tesla should be or is going to be. He has no crystal ball. Guy's job is to get a portfolio investments matched to your tolerances and preferences as part of your plan that you are comfortable with that you can buy and hold for the long term and basically the upshot of the vanguard advisor alpha is that they think an advisor adds three percent extra over doing it yourself and interestingly that three percent is not from picking stocks or buying the latest meme stock it is from basically behavioral management especially in times of trouble so when things are down That is when people like Guy earn their money to try to help you, guide you through it. And I would also point out that if you do click the link and look at Guy's profile, you will see another review from the same doctor who is more than happy with the explanation. And I think the doctor was not working with you on an ongoing basis. Is that right?
1: That's right, yes. Brilliant.
0: Well, thank you for discussing that. Open transparency is what we're all about here. I think that's also helpful as well and has reinforced some key concepts. So parting words of wisdom? So
1: I think the overall solution is to build a plan, build it the right way, structured in the right way. And if you want to, to work with an advisor that you trust, you know, build a plan, consider risks, and then trust the process. And if you have a plan, if you have the right plan, then you don't need to panic because everything is done plenty
0: in advance. Absolutely. Easy, eh? it's easy to say, but it's incredibly hard to do, you know, and like I said, that first, if you're new to investing, and you've got your hard earned money, and you've decided, right, I'm going to save this money, I'm not going to spend it on something nice for now. And the first time you see that go down, you know, it is a panic, but you just got to think about what your plan is, and you're confident in your plan. If you've got an advisor, give them a call, they'll talk you through it. And I think, One thing that I focus on is if in doubt, zoom out, which is basically what I was alluding to by saying if you zoom in on a major stock market indices such as the S&P 500, I think zoom in today, it might be down significantly. But if you zoom out to a year or five year, 10 year horizon, and this is not advice, past performance does not affect future returns, which is what Guy always has to say. But if you do zoom out, you'll see that it's going up until the right. So you just got to ignore the bumps, ignore the noise, stick with your plan and you'll be all right. Spots on. Brilliant. All right, Guy. Well, if people want to contact you, they're already going to have your link because we're going to show them your reviews and you can just contact Guy through there. Absolutely. And your website is what?
1: Just Google Sunrise IFA. And yes, it's top of the page, I think.
0: Mm, Got your SEO sorted. Very nice, very nice. (laughs) Thanks so much, Guy, for your time. And let's not leave it so long until doing the next one. I really enjoyed that chat.
1: I'm Looking forward to it too.
0: Cheers, Tommy.